baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. On a Tuesday afternoon, the wind is whipping up. It does not look very nice outside. We have very, very cold Arctic air on the way. Dave Murray is going to get us updated on that a little after 4. Got a lot to get to this afternoon. Hello, Sue Thomas. Hello. Fred is here as well. How are you, Fred? Hey, good. Thanks. Sue got to do something. Let's highlight this before I get into this uh, This Jimmy Kimmel, Aaron Rodgers thing. Got very interesting to me, and I'm going to revisit that. I got a ton of audio. But you were able to do something. You got invited by the FBI to do something that I was able to do, I don't know, seven years ago, which was pretty cool. And I want you to share a little bit about that right now. And then we have... Um, the guy that runs the FBI here in St. Louis, Jay's going to come in in the 5 o'clock hour. Oh, that's good. He's the one who took me through this today. It's Law Enforcement Appreciation Day, and they uh, had some media people in. Fred was nice enough to uh, uh, somehow get us in there. Fred was going to go, but then he had to stay here. Right, Fred? Oh, yeah. I, I had things I had to do here with You should have done it, though, Fred. you got to see if you can do this at some point because it's yeah. interesting. I have said well, what Sue's about to tell you. I've said that I think every person— and I realize this is not feasibly, logistically no, possible. Right. I feel like every American should should have to go through this to sort of get new perspective on how police have to make snap decisions. Because it's nuts. And they tell you in advance, okay, here's here are the rules by which we have to... Uh, by which we have to go. Uh, you can't just go in using deadly force. You but it's need a simulation. Make it first. There's yeah, a shooting simulation, simulation essentially. Yeah. So you are in front of a screen, in right? In front of a screen, and they run scenarios, and you've got a, a, a gun that's uh, that you know records when you actually shoot something on the screen. Right. But they tell you you have to talk to the screen. If you see something in that scenario, you have to say to that person, drop that gun, right. drop that weapon, hands up. You have to identify yourself. And you get really into it. Because you don't want to shoot somebody who's wrong, and right. they, they show you scenarios that these police go through, and you are a person in that scenario, and you can't believe it, uh, the stuff that these people have to deal with on a daily basis. And I had a guy come through. This is a, a, a simulation. But, you know, they're saying, show me your hands, mm-hmm. show me your hands. I'm screaming at, or yelling at the scream, show me. And he's standing in a doorway. You see his hands, but he's pretty tall, and his hands reach almost to the top of the doorway. And the police are we're talking to him. And he at one point says, what did you do to my dog? And in a split second, takes one of his hands, grabs a gun from the top of the doorway, and shoots my partner. Right. And so I would have been dead in that scenario. So, you know, it's interesting the way you describe it. I'll check with Jay when he comes in. I think they've, and it would just be obvious that the technology has advanced quite a bit. I don't remember in my simulation, I remember a big screen in the gun. I don't remember being able to talk to the people in the simulation. So it's interesting. I can and, talk, but they can't hear me. Right, right. They, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, well, that's uh, Jay Goldman, who runs the FBI. He's special agent in charge here in St. Louis. Greenberg. He'll come in a little Aaron after. Greenberg, um, Greenberg sorry. Right. What did I say? Goldman or something like yeah. that? Sorry about that, Jay. But yeah, it's crazy. You should uh, everybody should have to do it. The things you have to worry about and the scenarios you're in is wow. I would like to have seen it happen only just to hear Sue yell <laughs> in an authoritative voice. Oh my gosh, it was I was telling Get people stuff, Fred. But then, uh, you know, you're also thinking, oh, man, if I shoot that guy, first of all, I can't shoot. I mean, I shot someone's—I think I possibly shot a teacher in the leg in this uh, bad scenario. 
Well, and again, it, it's sort of, uh, did they show you the video from Arizona that the reporter did out there? See, back when all this was happening with Mike Brown, there was a report where a reporter took a guy out, and I think this was someone who was, I don't know if it was a BLM person at that point, because I'm not sure that was a thing. But they had this guy, might even been a pastor, run through a simulation like this, right? And it was stunning mm. when you came back and said, yeah, well, I understand a little exactly. bit better now how quickly law we, enforcement has to make decisions. It's outrageous, and I don't know how they do it. I respected them before I did this, but you can uh, double and triple that now. Well, I'm glad you did it, and we'll talk a little bit more after 5 o'clock. So about a week ago, I highlighted this dust-up between uh, Aaron Rodgers, who, of course, is the injured quarterback of the New York Jets, and Jimmy Kimmel. And they've gone back and forth for a little while, picking on one another. And it got really escalated last week because they're seemingly was an illusion on the part of Aaron Rodgers, who goes on Pat McAfee's show, which is on ESPN every day from 11 until 2. You can find it on uh, on YouTube as well. I watched it today because I wanted to see the response, and Jimmy did something last night. But the, the setup is when Aaron Rodgers, we're going to go through all this, Aaron Rodgers seemed to allude to the fact that Jimmy Kimmel might be on some sort of Jeffrey Epstein list. Now, that's not what he was saying. And I want people to understand, I'm going to go through this here because I think it's important. This is not about an argument or, you know, something silly between a football player and a talk show host who is on ABC. This is really about the truth and the way the media mangles the truth. And it's not just about what was said last week about Jeffrey Epstein, because you're going to hear what I think is a very effective takedown of Dr. Fauci and others from Aaron Rodgers. And let's face it, and I'm going to tell you right now, you know, as a guy who's a Packers fan and an Aaron Rodgers fan, when all this stuff was happening, he seemed like he was way out there on the fringe. Fred, we talked about it right. sometimes. We played some of the audio. There are other things that that I remember saying that I have deep regrets about. For example, early in the pandemic, when the vaccine's getting rolled out, and you're going to hear reference to this. This is why I want to point this out. I'm pretty sure I said this is an epidemic of uh, or is a pandemic of the vax the unvaccinated pandemic of the unvaccinated well that could not have been further from the truth it's ridiculous so think about the amount of things that were told to us and, and people have said to me and i think you're going to hear this here with uh, with aaron Rodgers. when all this happened last week with the city and mayor jones and the masking oh why do you care about masking people would hit me on twitter i care about it because it's an example of what they tried to force down our throats during COVID, which will never, ever be allowed to happen again. I hope you're with me here, and I know the 97.1 FM Talk audience is. There's no way that if any government tries to put down some mask mandate mm. on me in the future, I, I will not comply. I don't. You're going to have to kick me out of a restaurant. You'll have to kick me out of an airport, things like that. I'm just telling you. Now, if my employer mandates it, well, there's a paycheck on the line. I might have to think about it, I right? I understand. But I, I, there's not, not a chance in hell that I I would be forced to mask again in any circumstance. If that means sitting here in St. Louis and driving my car and not getting on an airplane, I'm going to do that. And there's no circumstance that I'll allow my daughter to be forced to wear a mask again because it's a bunch of nonsense. And it's a religion to some of these people, and it really is. All right, so let me go to last night. Jimmy Kimmel spends seven minutes on Aaron Rodgers last night. Seven minutes? Seven minutes. He's worked up. Uh, What happened is he's a Jets quarterback now. He went on a show on ESPN, the Pat McAfee show, and out of the blue insinuated that I was nervous because the Jeffrey Epstein list was coming out. He said, That's a complete lie, by the way. He never said anything about Jimmy being... Mm -hmm. He mangles this so badly. I was hoping it wouldn't and that he was going to pop a bottle of something to celebrate when he did, and then it did come out, and of course my name wasn't on it and isn't on it and won't ever be on. I don't know Jeffrey Epstein. I've never met Jeffrey Epstein. I'm not on a list. I was not on a plane or an island or anything ever, and 
I suggested that if Aaron wanted to make false and very damaging statements like that, that we should do it in court so he could share his proof with like a judge. Because, you know, when you hear a guy who won a Super Bowl and did the, all the State Farm commercials say something like this, a lot of people believe it. Well, the problem is, is people believe it, Jimmy, because that's what you said that he, he um, you know, said on Pat. He, that's not what he said. And now what Jimmy does is he, he still tries to spin this. And he goes back, and this was in February of last year, all right? So he plays the cut. Well, let me show you the moment that so badly bruised Aaron's Thanksgiving Day parade-sized ego. <laughs> Needless to say, all this UFO talk has the tinfoil hatters going wild, including Green Bay whack packer Aaron Rodgers, who offered... This hot take on the Pat McAfee show. I, I believe that this has been going on for a long time. Interesting uh, timing on everything. There's a lot of other things going on in the world. Did you hear about the Epstein client list uh, about to be released too? What's that? What are you talking about? There's some files that are, have some names on it that might be uh, getting released pretty soon. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Might be time to revisit that concussion protocol, Aaron. <laughs> so he saw that, and maybe to retaliate, he decided to insinuate that I am a pedophile. So he didn't insinuate that, and we're going to make this very clear. But you also have to understand, and Aaron really lays this out, Jimmy's been picking on him for a long time, and a lot of it has to do with his position on the vaccine and on COVID and how... You know, Dr. Fauci screwed all this up and how we were told one thing about so many different, you know, particulars in COVID and mainly they were lies. lies. So th this was I thought this was gold today. And I'd love to know the audience figures for Pat McAfee. I don't really watch his show. I see the clips. But 1205 this afternoon, Aaron Rodgers goes on McAfee's show. The history of this, before I get into what I said, what I actually said and how I feel about uh, all that, the history of this, whatever this is between Jimmy and I, this goes back to COVID times, right? And in COVID times, he mentioned on his show uh, jokes about my uh, immunization, which I know you, you also made a little joke about it. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into that whole thing. That's, I've talked many times about that, but I made a joke about that, uh, you know, uh, and the fact that, you know, my own research, he didn't just stop there, though. You know, he he made a lot of other comments about uh, unvaccinated people, uh, mentioning that they don't deserve treatment. Uh, if they're at a hospital, uh, they shouldn't be given a hospital bed. So let's focus on that, because people said that they, they said, look, I got my vax, right? You got I'm double boosted. If you don't have your vaccine, you get sick. You're in the hospital. I'm done with you. You might as well die. Well, Jimmy Kimmel and others said that. And Aaron Rodgers is pointing that out. Uh, he made comments about uh repurposed drugs that were being used all over the world that have incredible safety profiles um, that uh, that were derogatory. Uh, he, uh, you know, mentioned uh, ivermectin being horse-based and pushed that whole narrative for a long time. He gave a platform to one of the biggest uh, spreaders of misinformation during the COVID times, Dr. Fauci. We're going to return to Dr. Fauci in a second because uh, Aaron Rodgers does an exceptional job of making a case against Dr. Fauci's malfeasance during all of this. So he, he went on with Pat and, and they talked about this and he wants to explain a little bit further his perspective. You know, he ripped me about, ripped me about the vax and, and that turns out to be an L on, on many occasions because the vax was not safe and effective like we were told that it was in the beginning. 
there are a lot of injuries now that we've seen related to the vaccine. True. So in my opinion, you went after me. That's fine. You're a comedian. Go for it. Not offended. But that was an L. So it was a little hard to hear what he said there. That was an L. He means that was a loss. All right, Jimmy, you tried to do that, but that was a loss. So I made this comment on the show whenever that was last year. February. Right, I believe. And then unprompted, he comes out and says that I'm an overly concussed wacko. In my opinion, it seemed like because I believe that there was a list and that there were names on that. So can, can you, if you don't have the context of what happened in February and you hear what Aaron Rodgers said last week, does it seem like he's hinting that Jimmy Kimmel was on that list? Well, I would, I would actually admit if you don't know anything about it, it could seem that way. But that's not what happened. And I said that a lot of people, and I'm quoting myself here, a lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't come out. End quote. That's what I said. That's the entire quote. Okay. I was referring to the fact that if there is a list, which again, this hasn't come out yet. This was just a deposition, right? And there are names on it. Then that would be the second time that a soft brain junior college student, you know, wacko, anti-vax, anti-Semite, purveyor spreader of misinformation, conspiracy theorists, MAGA, whatever other things have been said by him and other people in the media would be right twice. Yeah, so what he's saying is I'm just the dumb football quarterback as you guys have painted me out to be. I went to junior college, and I did go to California as well, and we're going to hear. I mean, this was this was the, the moment here. I'm going to play the audio cut of the day. I'm going to tell you that this is likely going to be audio cut of the day because he just, oh, it's just a great line. I'm glad that, that Jimmy... Uh, he's not on the list. I really am. And and uh, I don't think uh, he's the P word. Um, well, in other words, he doesn't think he's a pedophile. He says, I don't think he's the P word. And then he thinks for a second. There's a slight pause. Wait for it. Wait and, for it. You know, I think it's impressive that a man who went to uh, Arizona State and has 10 uh Joke writers can read off a prompter. Oh, he got the dig in there. Now, it's important to know that Aaron Rodgers has been mocked like he's some idiot when he's come out with this research and he comes off as a tinfoil hat guy, right? And Jimmy Kimmel has been the chief instigator of that. But beyond that, beyond Kimmel, beyond Aaron Rodgers, I think this is where it gets good because he starts talking about COVID and Dr. Fauci and everything that we should have learned over the past few years. I'd like to put this uh, to bed to move forward. I don't understand to just finish this up. You know, I do understand. Um, I don't. I, but I don't understand a Mike Foss comment um, because he didn't help out either. Mike Foss is an ESPN, ESPN executive. Mike Foss came out because the way that this was spun in the newspapers is, well, ESPN apologized for it. Mike Foss came out and said Aaron Rodgers said something. He, he did not allow for what Aaron Rodgers actually said, and Aaron Rodgers is pissed, justifiably so. And I'm going to quote Mike Foss. He said, Aaron made a dumb and factually incorrect joke about Jimmy Kimmel. It should never have happened. We all realized that in the moment. Mike, you're not helping. You're not helping because I just read – earlier exactly what i said so and this is this is the game plan of the media and this is what they do they try and cancel you know it's, and it's not just me it's it's nowhere near just me i mean if you look at all the 
different people who've been uh, censored from the Internet during, especially during COVID. So this is why it's important. This is a small example of media malfeasance. Let's face it. It's about a talk show host and an NFL quarterback. Why does it matter? What matters because Aaron Rodgers is right. This is exactly what they do. This is what ESPN does. I told you about the, uh, you know, the most prominent case of this happened in Salt Lake City, Utah. When Duke was playing Utah in a volleyball game and there were allegations that the black player for Duke was being, um, you know, harassed and that the N-word was being shouted at. It never happened. But ESPN acted like it did. LeBron James acted like it did. They did an investigation. There was zero proof that it happened. In fact, there was a lot of proof that it didn't happen. But they still lied about it. You can Google that today and you'll still find people out there that criticized what happened at Utah. Like they were a bunch of white supremacists, right? That's not what happened. So this is all important in the context of the media. Like there's different opinions all over the place, right? If you're if you're that's your ideology, that's fine. I'm not a super political person. OK, do whatever you want. Uh, conspiracy theorists. That's fine, because if you look at the track record of conspiracy theorists in the last few years, they've been right about a lot of things. So, uh, he's not wrong about that. No, I don't care about that one. Anti-Semite. That was called. I mean, that, that's just like this is their game plan. They use these words to cancel people. And they went and ran with this because it's the crazy anti-vaxxer wacko again yep. talking about, you know, accusing somebody of being a pedophile. Like, of course, this is the game plan they use. I read columns about this that never, ever, even in newspaper accounts that never referenced the first clip on Kimmel. That's just being dishonest. You can have your takeaway. You can say, oh, Aaron Rodgers said something or whatever. But that is part of the context, right? This is what people don't understand. It had to be that there were zero early treatments that worked against COVID. Right. So what did Dr. Fauci say? There was nothing. There was nothing they could do. All they did. This is this is this is the protocol protocol. Somebody gets sick. Right. Send them home till they got really horrible, horrible uh, symptoms and then bring them back and put them on remdesivir, which is three thousand dollars per dose and a ventilator. And the, the statistics are staggering about people who went, uh, especially on ventilators, especially the, the elderly. And it's, it's devastating. And and extremely sad. Look, he's not wrong about that. Where's the investigation about what happened early in the pandemic in New York in particular with, um, you know, Governor Cuomo, where he was responsible. Aaron Rodgers wasn't responsible for killing a bunch of old people. Andrew Cuomo was. People are always like, you know, why are you still talking about covid? Like, why don't you just move on? It's ridiculous. I'm like, well, let's see what happened. Um, They locked everybody up forever. This is the best part of this, okay? Because he just tells, and, and this is preaching to the choir for those of you listening right now for the most part. Uh, we're supposed to be a couple, a couple weeks, right? They locked everybody up. Hundreds of thousands of businesses closed and never opened again. Many of, dozens of people that I know in their 30s, you know, who poured everything into these, these uh, small businesses and restaurants and bars and, and, and never opened again. So they lost everything. They're, yep. they're out on their ass. Yep. Right. The gap, the wealth gap got even bigger yep. from the haves and have nots. They lied to us over and over. And, and by the way, he doesn't even mention the education loss. Let's put that in there, too. Aaron Rodgers doesn't even go there. They uh, vilified early treatments. They censored legitimate uh, uh, doctors in the space like Dr. Peter McCullough. Like, like Dr. McCary. On Fox? People are always like, you know, why are you still talking? Well, I think I cut that. Hang on, because I cut that one off accidentally there. And so many more people than that. Uh, the Alex Berenson's of the world, the Weinstein's of the world, who were, like, writing about this, talking about this. One more bite here. Sue, I think you'll like this one, because he just talks about one of the things that, that 
most hacks me off about what happened, and it didn't happen here. It happened in a limited way because, you know, Mayor Krusen scared people about the Lake of the Ozarks. We prevented people from going to the beach and going outside. Makes me we nuts. were, like, arresting people for that. I mean, they were arresting people who were surfing in California. They closed the beaches. When 80, I mean, I don't know what percentage, but probably 60% or more of the, of, the, of the country is vitamin D deficient. And, you know, vitamin D, you know, does well against the common cold. As does vitamin C, what? as does zinc. As does- By the way, vitamin D also helps you not get cancer. There's research out there that shows, you know, none of us, when we were kids, we didn't wear sunscreen. You wear sunscreen, that prevents sunburn, right? Skin cancer. But it also prevents you from getting vitamin D. That's not a conspiracy. That's true. There's a number of home remedies that we all have. But no, stay inside. Wait for this vaccine, right. which is 100% safe and effective, which they told us. So my whole point is, listen, they lied to us uh, many times over. They uh, locked us up. They uh, closed our businesses. They increased the mental health issues exponentially. The uh, the rates of suicide went way up. He's right about all that. Now, I, I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan, so I'm biased. I'm going to admit my bias here. But look, he's speaking the truth. And all the things that he said that he was mocked for by Jimmy Kimmel and others, let's face it, the dude's been vindicated to a certain extent, to a large extent. So, well, I love that whole dust up. We'll see if Jimmy responds tonight. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Well, we got a little new information on Lloyd Austin, the defense secretary. He had surgery last month after a prostate cancer diagnosis. That's the first time we found out the uh, condition that led to medical complications and the hospitalization that kept him from the White House. Now, the uh, you know, the problem with this is nobody knew that he was in the hospital. And if they did know, they didn't tell the president or anyone else. So it became very problematic. And I don't know if Lloyd Austin's going to get fired over this. The president says he's not. We have General Keith Kellogg, retired Fox News military analyst, the author of War by Other Means, a general in the Trump White House, to respond this afternoon. General Kellogg, Happy New Year. How are you? I'm doing good. Happy New Year to you, and thanks for having me on. So what in the heckity heck is going on here? Because there's been some new information today about the defense secretary. This story's been building for for a week now, and it's interesting because it's not just the uh, Fox News folks that are asking questions about this anymore. Washington Post, New York Times, there's a lot of interest in what actually happened, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Look, to start with, and I've known Lloyd Austin for years. Lloyd Austin actually worked for me on two separate occasions. And he was also one of the brigade commanders when I was commanding the Army's 82nd Airborne Division. So we know the family. And I, I wish him a speedy recovery and a safe recovery as well. But look, this is about process. Regardless, yes. I don't care if it was Peter Pan or Snow White was Secretary of Defense. The, the, the point is, Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense, is one of the two national command authorities. And that's a military kind of term. What that means is, uh, to the general public, is that when the president of the United States issues a military order, it goes through the secretary of defense, civilian control of the military, to the combatant commanders. Now let's uh, let's talk about, let's say, Eric Carrillo, who's the four-star commander in CENTCOM. That's how the process works. If you break that chain, there's no ability for the civilian control of the military to function in an appropriate fashion. It's just not done. There's a certain protocol you must follow. And I, back when we were in the White House, and I don't know how the process is done now, 
but it was really clear. And and the fact is, we track inside the Situation Room. There was one cabinet official that we tracked twenty four seven, Secretary of Defense. Why? Because if you had a nuclear event or a mm-hmm. missile event, right, you need to get to him immediately. It was right. It's like you. He was on. He was on speed dial, and that was the intent. And that's what you had to do. And and if he was not in in pocket, he needed to let the president know. And then he had to pass authorities to the deputy secretary of defense, Kathleen Hicks, currently, and she would take over his responsibilities. Now the fact is, he didn't tell her either. And then some said, "Well, what if what if he wasn't available? She wasn't available." Well, the third one in line is called the principal deputy to under secretary of defense for policy. Oh, by the way, there isn't one right now because of what has been confirmed. So you have two. So you better keep Kathleen informed. Where was she? She was on vacation. Yeah, she, she was in the Caribbean, right? Connectivity, no. Well, she didn't have nuclear connectivity because they didn't have the process to give it to her because generally speaking, when the DepSecDef travels, he or she does not have that nuclear coverage. But generally speaking, that's not in her roles or mission. She's not in that chain. So in all probability, she's down in the Caribbean on vacation, and she didn't have that. So all of a sudden, you've now broken the chain. So my point is it's a process issue. It's a process foul, and that's why it's important when I, when I talk about it, when others talk about it, why people see the importance behind it because, because of who he is. I mean, if he was Secretary of the Energy, nobody cares. I mean, that's a what about Secretary of Transportation? I mean, come on. If it was Mayor Pete, I think the world would be just, you know, on the edge of their seats right now. No, I understand your point, General. Sorry, I couldn't yeah. resist that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's kind of what's happened. It's, it's pretty unfortunate. Uh, that, and I think now they're doing a lot of mayor couples right now. You know, I said they said they're going to be doing a memo. I said, look, I'll write it for you. Simple memo. Paragraph one, notify your boss. Okay, leave it at that. And I would pick up the phone, call the, uh, the president of the United States, and that was not done. So there was a, there's a lot of process issues, and I think that's why people are finally awakening to it. They realize that the Secretary of Defense is a, is a different you know animal than the other secretaries are, simply because his, his, his responsibility. But General, is there any kind of scenario here where maybe there's a piece of the puzzle missing, where maybe Lloyd Austin told somebody and then that somebody did not communicate the information? Or are you saying that the chain of command should be that he should have told specifically Kathleen Hicks? And Kathleen Hicks, we now know, was not told until, um, you know, January 6th. Well, look, uh, candidly, that's what I would have done. You know, I would have personally told somebody, but Usually, because if you delegate it, then it, that's the cop out. Well, because they're actually saying that now. Well, his chief of staff had the flu. Oh, come on, right. guys. You know, the my experience was in the White House, the, the Secretary of Defense talked to the president daily. And uh, and I would always talk to the chairman daily. Uh, you know, and it was just cause as a national security guy. And so this whole process of, well, somebody else was doing it, that's the cop out. Look, you're the principal. You know, notify the boss. It's a, the president of the United States from the Secretary of Defense. I know this. He's on speed dial. You know, pick up the phone. It's a direct ring in his office. Bingo. You go say, okay, this is what I want to do. Hey, I'm heading to Walter Reed tomorrow. I'm going to get this procedure done. I'll be in a general anesthesia. I've passed my responsibilities and authorities to Kathleen Hicks. The president replies, well, hopefully it turns out okay. Godspeed. Uh, and, and our prayers are with you. Thank you. Hang up the phone. Done. Yeah. How wasn't that hard? Yep, not that hard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So does this then veer into because some people have mentioned this 
a career-ending mistake for the defense secretary. In your opinion, no. Curious about that. No, it doesn't because, one, Biden didn't fire anybody. I mean, if he's going to fire anybody, he should have fired Mayorkas a long time ago. Well, that's true. But he's not going to yeah. do that. And he, and he doesn't do that. That's not his DNA. And, and Frank, look, I loan Lloyd. Lloyd's a good man. And I know his family well. And and this is one of those, okay, this is guys, you guys are just stupid on this one. I mean, this is like dumb and dumber. And I, it, my first thought was, and I was talking to some people, I said, come on, they know better. And, like, Lloyd was the uh, – was the director of the joint staff uh, as, a, as a three-star inside of the Pentagon. He knows how those processes work. And then he, then he was the four-star commander of Central Command. So it's almost like, come on, guys, you, you just you, – he basically just kind of ignored the process and took everything for granted. And that's not how it should be done. And I think there's – when I say accountability, the very least, very least idea is everybody ought to have their hands slapped pretty hard. Or letter, some type of letter to the file, saying, "Hey, this is serious, and I wouldn't let this one pass." In other words, this is one of those, "Oh, no harm, no foul. Don't worry about it. This, this, this happens." No, when you were talking national security, there's no free pass. Well, especially it's not a free pass when you have two major conflicts right now in the world and the U.S. involved diplomatically, at least, in both. And then you have the uh, the proxies from Iran, and now you know there's more talk about nuclear weapons in Iran, right, General? Well, Mark, my, my concern with the Middle East right now with Iran is there are a lot of reports coming out that they're enriching uranium up to 90%. Well, that means weapons grade. That means once you get there, you have enough enriched uranium, you can make a bomb in a matter of months, like a one month or two months to be able to do it. You know, historically, they were around 60%. You know, when we had JUCOA, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, they were authorized to enrich it 4%, a little under 4 uh, So they're they're heading towards the nuclear-grade weapon capability. And then if you get this nuclear breakout, why this is so important, think of trying to work with Iran without a nuclear weapon, and then how do you handle them with a nuclear weapon? That's right. It changes yeah. everything. The whole dynamic has changed. And so the fact is they get there, and we're letting them get there, uh, is is a huge mistake, and that's something that the entire world needs to be aware of. Because boy, this changes the whole dynamic of the Middle East. Do you really believe that if the Iranians get a super, uh, get a, a nuclear weapon? Do you don't think the Saudis are going to file suit, uh, follow suit, and do the same thing? They're going to buy one, and I really believe that. So, so then you have totally destabilized the Middle East uh, with the, the Israelis, the Saudis, and also the uh, uh, the Iranians. So this thing is this year. This whole year is fraught with danger to me. Yeah, I was going to say, at least there's not big challenges or anything like that facing 2024. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, General yeah. Kellogg, thank you so much for the breakdown this afternoon. Really appreciate it. And we will talk soon. Thank you, uh, General. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. Well, the Consumer Electronics Show is going on in Las Vegas right now. We figured it'd be a great opportunity to get our friend Ian Shear, CBS News tech expert, on the line with us this afternoon. Ian, how are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm good. There was a guy, I don't know if you ever knew Jim Barry. Did you know Jim Barry from the Consumer Electronics Association? Uh, actually, I didn't, but there are a lot of people who are there. Well, Jim is a guy that, starting when I, I was doing talk radio, I started talk radio in 1992, and he would come into uh, a variety of markets. I, I started to get to know him in Columbia, Missouri, and then here when I was here, and then Milwaukee, and he would visit the country and highlight really cool products, and he would always be on with me from CES. And, you know, back in the day, there used to be two shows. There used to be one in Chicago and one in Las Vegas. And I just wanted to mention it because I miss Jim, and we always talked about these gadgets every year. I got excited about it. 
But what's on tap for CES 2024, Ian Share? Well, for the most part, uh, it's what we've seen over the last few years, which is the TV industry really kind of trying to get everyone's attention. And then also cars, right? Even though the Detroit Auto Show is right after the Consumer Electronics Show, uh, the automakers have tried to get the tech industry's attention more and more. And it makes sense, right? People uh, buy their phones every few years, and I'm sure the car industry would love it if we didn't hold on to our cars as much. So that is uh, part of what we've seen this time. Uh, Probably the most interesting thing is Honda has these very – futuristic sci-fi looking cars that they say are coming in 2026. Um, it's, it's, it's really out there. If you take a, a look at the photos, um, it, I mean, it looks like it came out of a movie and then Mercedes Benz has a voice assistant, of course, that they're building in an AI that's going to do among other things, um, give you a music experience that's working with will i am so take that for what it is well i just saw um, something about that so will i am he's got this thing called sound drive and it says you can spend all day long curating custom playlists for every mood picking tracks based on tempo or intensity so it's just another sort of ai music type streaming deal isn't yeah, it? yeah exactly right and and look I, it, part of this is that the, t- the car companies, like, by the way, Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, all of the uh, wireless companies, have always tried to be more than just the utility product that you buy, right? They, the, the phone maker, the phone carriers all want, at some point, they've tried to be news companies, they've tried to be media companies, and it doesn't really always work out. So now we see the car companies saying, oh, we can build apps, let's do it. And we'll see how it goes. So here's one that pops. Uh, Sue, see what you think of this one. The Perfecta Grill uses AI to help cook a steak in 90 seconds. It says an AI chef inside the infrared Perfecta Grill will have a ribeye on your table in under two minutes. I'm suspicious. I am, too. Well, I, I'm sure that that, red eye, that ribeye may not be uh, very far from rare. But um, it is really impressive what you can do with infrared uh, heating. In fact, there are toasters you can buy today that are infrared. Um, and, uh, look, we've been seeing a lot of smart technology being put into the kitchen. Uh, there are actually a bunch of refrigerators I've seen for years that are designed to be able to tell when you are running out of milk and then automatically add it to your grocery list. Uh Or if you hook it up to your uh, account at Amazon, for example, it will just order you milk and it will be there by the time you need it. Uh, And so the the companies have always been trying to do that type of stuff. I don't know if you remember, there were some ex-Apple people who showed off a couple years ago a toaster that automatically can toast and it actually sees your toast and sees, okay, when it gets brown just right is when it'll, it'll ding. Uh, and so th- there's a lot of that type of stuff every year that we see. So the TV thing is interesting. Yeah, there's really not a week that goes by. I look at my – I have two TVs. I've been in this house for six years, so I know that I've had those TVs in the house for the entire you know time. And I don't feel like I need a new TV. I think the technology is still really, really good. You know, we were changing TVs a lot 10, 15, 20 years ago because the technology was changing so quickly. Has it changed enough now? And I know that these companies want you to buy new stuff where you can say, oh, wait, that's that's – so much brighter that's so much clearer because when hd came along i think we got to a certain point and everyone was like yeah that's that's good enough 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think what the TV industry is trying to do is instead of convincing us to get a higher number or a crisper screen, because honestly, they're not going to get that as surprising as it was when we went from SD to HD. Uh, instead, what they've been doing is trying to make the TVs super thin, right? So there's some of them right. we've seen. We've seen curved ones that give you a better kind of uh, field of view. And then this year, in particular, we're seeing a lot of transparent TVs. So this is a really- explain what I think that, this what is, is a cool. transparent TV. I, I think I know what it is, but you can you can see through the screen, and then they just have images on them. Yeah, so it, it's essentially like a window that is also a, 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 a monitor, right? And you, they can put anything on it. So I've seen demos, for example, of being able to have it, imagine it at the airport, okay, and you're sitting down, and it actually identifies the airplanes as they're flying around. It tells you where they're headed and stuff like that. That That's an example of how this stuff could work. It could also, you know, work in a in a store and, and, and you know, kind of be an interactive ad. The way that we're seeing it during the CES show in Las Vegas is that they're trying to convince us that maybe we want to turn them into art pieces, right? And so imagine, you know, instead of having this big black rectangle in your living room whenever it's not turned on, instead now it can be either uh, a nice piece of art or an interesting kind of interactive display or something like that. I'm not saying it's the right answer, but it is worth noting that LG and Samsung, who are the two who have really shown it off, include a way to put a black back behind it so that it turns into a normal TV when you want that, too. <laughs> I kind of thought that, too, Ian. When I saw that, I thought, this is like the newest thing of, instead of a, an art piece, you could just see through it. I can't decide which I like better. And the fact that you can see through it freaks me out still. The ones that are the art pieces, David Young at the Sound Room, you know, they've been a sponsor of mine. Those are very popular. They're People so love cool. putting those up on the walls. Ian, I did not... They are uh, super cool. I didn't do a good job of allowing you enough time this afternoon. I apologize for that, but thank you so much. Keep us posted on everything at CES. Absolutely. We'll see you. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.